February 19. Welcome into another edition of Amateur Hour. I, as always, am Leo Saylor, joined by Safo and Avi. And we're one short today, but we're also two up. Ryan Poley's not with us, but we got a couple guests. Today we have one and only Mr. Carson Adams, as well as he brought a friend today. His name is Kyle. So I'm going to have you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, introduce our listeners to you a little bit. Kyle, I'll let you start. All right. I'm Kyle Weisker. Uh, marketing major here at the Mount and of course I'm very excited to be here and uh, hoping to talk a little bit about baseball and uh, free agents. Ready, ready to talk some sports? Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, it's a hot stove season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm Carson Adams. I'm a communication and new media study major here at the Mount and I play football as well as vice president of the fraternity. Heck yeah. So we got a lot of bases covered and uh, Safwan as usual I'm going to turn it over to you and have us and have you tell us a little bit about what we're going to be chatting about yeah, today. Yeah, so we got definitely a few things to talk about today. Um, first of all, I want to thank these guys for coming on, Carson and Kyle. We always, you know, looking forward to having new people on to the podcast, more guests, new and more speakers. We love that. So now going in, we're going to talk about the biggest story breaking in sports right now. Manny Machado officially breaks the silence and signs a deal. 10 years, $300 million with the San Diego Padres. This is the biggest deal in the history of American sports. Yes, you heard that right. So now Manny Machado will go to the Padres. So what do you guys think about this move? That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a whole lot of money. You know, I think uh, I think he can. He proved he can play in, in Los Angeles. I think he played San Diego. Um, I honestly thought the uh, Padres were clearing up space for Harper. I mean, that's what I thought. I thought they were going to go after him. I'm a little surprised that they signed Machado. Yeah, the Padres, I mean, they have a, an interesting team now. You know, they have the second best prospect in baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., getting a lot of hype. You know, they signed Eric Hosmer to that big deal last year. Now Manny Machado, you know, they're starting to build their team a little bit, trying to be more interesting because obviously the past handful of years they haven't been in a whole rebuild phase. Um, Machado, we all know he's an exceptional player. He's one of the best players in baseball, offensively, defensively. He gets it done on both ends of the baseball diamond. We know his effort gets questioned a lot, you know. Based and, on his own quotes. Yeah, too. based on his own quotes. <laughs> yeah. And now we'll even see more since he's got his money now. He signed the biggest, you know, contract yeah. in the history of sports. We'll see his effort coming in. We'll see how much he puts in. But in terms of the Padres, I like it. You know, you're trying to contend. You're trying to build a team. It's, you know, it doesn't get much better than getting one of the best players in baseball. Of course, let's keep in mind the Padres did this sort of thing a few years ago when they signed Will Myers and uh, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp, Upton. yeah. Right. Absolutely. I'm trying to remember. I think they signed somebody else. They signed, and I, oh, you know who it was? It was uh, James Shields, and that was right, right when he, mm-hmm. right when he about fell off that cliff that he yeah. went off of. I don't know, for some reason they called him Big Game James Shields, but he never pitched well in big games. I, I don't really know where he got that nickname yeah, from. Really? But yeah. And yeah, and Kyle's right, absolutely. They've made so many moves, and you know, with our own Cincinnati Reds, when they got Yonder Alonso and they got Yasmani Grandal when they traded Matt Latos and wanted to build up the big signings that Kyle mentioned. The Padres have been, you know, giving out these big contracts to so many different players, and you know, maybe Manny Machado, you know, will break the mold and actually get them, you know, contending like they want to. We'll see. Yeah, I think they might have really dodged a bullet in Chase Headley. You remember a couple of years ago, uh, Chase Headley just had that great season. Yeah, he season. put up MVP numbers. Yeah, and, and eventually he was traded to the Yankees. I think it was the you know the trade deadline the season after that, and he has really fallen off that cliff, uh, mm-hmm. similar to James Shields did um, right after getting his paycheck. So 
Padres dodged a bullet with one guy and seemed to be on the right track with Manny Machado. So I'm afraid the Padres are one of those teams that no matter almost what they do, you know, they just, they're still the Padres, I think, personally. And I think they're always going to be that team that no matter who they sign, they're always going to be sort of at the bottom of the NL West. And that's such a good division with the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And the Dodgers, yeah. And the Dodgers. and Really good division. We'll see how the Giants are this year with Boach leaving after this year. Yeah, we'll actually we'll also get to that. Bruce Bochy announcing his retirement. We'll definitely get to that. Um, so now that we have Machado, now we have the other big name left. We have Bryce Harper. Uh, rumors are that the Phillies have the upper ground, but I'm also hearing reports that he's getting cold feet about maybe signing with the Phillies. So if he if Manny Machado has $300 million, I think Bryce Harper is also going to get $300 million wherever he goes. We remember he turned down the Nationals' offer of $300 million before the season ended. So now Bryce Harper is available on the market. Do you guys have a prediction of where he goes or when you think he'll make his decision? I just, after the trade that the Dodgers made with the Reds to acquire essentially Homer Bailey and then let him go, you know, essentially just opening up space. Exactly, exactly. Opening up their ability to make expenditures. You don't do that unless you got your guy. And I think their guy is Bryce Harper. I, I know the Phillies have long been rumored. But I tell you what, the Dodgers, they go from National League champions back-to-back years. To me, if they don't get Harper, they don't make the playoffs. I, I, I don't know. I think, for me personally, the Dodgers' most valuable asset is Turner. Justin yep. Turner. And I think, I think you bring Bryce Harper into that clubhouse, I think it's going to change the whole culture of that clubhouse. And I just don't think that he's necessarily meant for... Los Angeles. I, I don't see it happening. And I think at this point, Harper really better just take whatever whatever deal he can get because at this point, I mean, spring training games are starting this Friday, so he needs to just at this point, you know, yeah. bite the bullet. Yeah, personally speaking, if you're if asking me if I was a GM, I wouldn't give any of these players half of what they're making. I agree with you. <laughs> Manny Machado, and half of it is $150 million. So, yeah, it's not like it's a shortage of money, but we see how these 10-year contracts turn out. You know, the Albert Pujols contract, the Miguel Cabrera contract, and even to oh, a form, yeah. the Joey Votto contract for the Reds. When you give these players such a massive contract, you don't have the money, you don't have the payroll to go build your team. And, you know, Albert Pujols, the Angels should have knew. And I, I like Albert Pujols. I think he's the best baseball player of this generation. But you got to know after 2009 that he was, you know, slowly starting to leave his prime. He had his prime years with the Cardinals, and then afterwards he was going to go down. Josh Hamilton, another yeah. one with the Angels, they gave him that massive contract, and he that just completely busted out. You know, none of these, you know, huge, big contracts have really turned out. Because, you know, you know, we don't hope injury on anybody, but let's say Manny Machado, you know, unfortunately – messes his knee up and he's never the same player three years into this 10-year contract i just think stuck i just think almost where's the motivation you know you get that big contract and as great as you are playing under your rookie contract or even your first contract once you get that big contract i almost feel like where's the motivation for these guys it should be in winning a world series absolutely but i honestly feel like it's it's just not there i mean these guys get their money sort of and it's guaranteed money in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's just sort of like, okay, well, 
I don't have to play at that elite level yeah. anymore. You know, do they wake up, you know, on that Tuesday morning in game 65 with the same intensity they did with opening day? Right. You know, uh, right. or if they make it to the playoffs, well, you know, Manny Machado, he already has questions about his, you know, emphasis on how hard he plays. So now will his, you know, effort go down or, you know, or will it go up? You see with all these big contracts in sports, sometimes it turns either way. I think that it's, put it this way, there's guys like Manny Machado who can make the all-star team just based off of pure talent and going out there, you know, hitting the cages every now and then and fielding some ground balls, you know, doing the fungo routine, all this and that. He can make the all-star team just based on talent and doing that minimal effort practice. But then there's also the guys who are just like him, but they decide, I don't just want to make the all-star team. And I don't just want to start. And I don't want to just win this MVP. I want to win this MVP, and I want to win all the MVPs to come. Now, obviously, that's pretty lofty expectations. But some guys are self-motivated to be the best that no matter what they're making, whether it's pennies or it's hundreds of millions, they want to be the best, and they're willing to do what it takes to be the best. And that would be worth that $300 million with the going rate. Personally, I don't think that. But with yeah. the going rate, that's <laughs> right. worth it. Yeah, right. Now, Machado, you know, he's making this money. We'll see what he does. If he decides to just be that really good player who makes the all-star team, mm -hmm. Based off of his talent, it's not a good deal. But if he decides he wants to be the best third baseman out there, he can. He, he, he can. He's got the ability. He's absolutely. And he's in right now. He's one of the five best. But he has the capability to be the best. And without question, the yeah, best. and not close either. You know. So and like we see it in different sports all the time as well. You know, the big uh, big example, Aaron Donald. He got that massive hundred million dollar contract. People are like, oh, is he going to do it now? He goes back and has a better year than the year before right. and, again, wins Defensive Player of the Year. And right. then you've got the Albert Hainsworths of the world. You yeah. Know, you, you know, you've, got, you've got totally different <laughs> yeah, scenarios, exactly. and I think it's all based off of the makeup of an individual. you got exactly. It's a different side of the spectrum, so we look forward to seeing where Bryce Harper goes. I feel like now they were kind of playing a chess game. Who was going to announce first? You know, as Kyle alluded to, you know, spring training is here. They start games in just a few days. So I, I think Bryce Harper... I think 24 to 48 hours from now, I think we'll get his decision as well. I think we were just waiting for somebody to break the ice. Was it going to be Machado or was it going to be Harper? Now, since Machado's broken the ice, I think Harper will decide. You See, know, I, I don't hours. know if it's going to be 24 to 48 hours. I think this guy, he just, I think he's played around almost too long to get what he wants. I think I don't think he's going to get what he ultimately wants. Oh, so you think the whatever team he signs with is going to lower? You think they're going to go under 300 million? Uh, yeah, I think at this point, yeah, I really do. And then wouldn't that be a shame? Because if it's about money, we don't know Bryce Harper's motives. But if it was about money, he could have had three hundred million dollars with the Nationals. Right. And you know, right. if he signs like two hundred, you know, two hundred million, we're acting like two hundred million is not chump change. It's chump change. Yeah, but he could have had three hundred million, and instead he gets two hundred million. You know, so we'll see. You know, we look forward to seeing that. And now, as we go, as we get closer to baseball, obviously it's spring training. It is spring training, and there's still so many free agents left on the market. You know, mm -hmm. the Dallas Keuchel's of the world, the Adam Jones of the world. You know, and obviously Justin Verlander has been tweeting about his displeasure with the MLB and their collective bargaining agreement. Do you guys think that as we go forward and the CBA starts to run out, do you think we're headed for a strike in baseball? It's certainly possible. Lord, I hope not. Uh, obviously, none of us were alive for 94, but... <laughs> I mean, I've heard stories about that, and it was just awful. Canceling the World Series, I mean, my Lord, that would just be a calamity. 
I mean, yeah. the Expos were the best team in baseball at the time. If that doesn't tell you something. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. tell you something. <laughs> Montreal Expos, yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know. And we've seen, you know, a handful of lockouts already. We saw the NBA lockout for a little bit, the NFL, and, and Leo's neck of the woods. We saw NHL lockout right. for a little bit as well. But all of those for, like, you know, a limited amount of time. But the season wasn't canceled. Right. We saw the NBA season half canceled in 2012, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, 2012 when the Heat won the uh, World Championship. That was half of the season, but they still played a lot of games. You know, they still played 30, 40 plus games, and you know the season was fine. I could but, see a lockout, but I think it would be a, a preseason lockout. I think they'd get. I honestly think they'd come to an agreement before the season were to start. I personally, I mean, I no basis on that, but I don't think we're going to head for another strike. It would be really bad just for sports in general if baseball goes on a season strike because there's going to be no sports on during the summer then if baseball goes on a full That's season right. strike. Well, there'll be no football. There'll be no basketball. Obviously, <laughs> there would be no baseball. Hockey season would be ending. Right. There would be literally no sports on. You would have to watch. And nothing about you. If you want to watch golf, go watch golf. Be of course, you can guess. watch the College World Series, which is always entertaining. Yeah. That's true. But, <laughs> yeah. but like for the majority of the sports, those you know, the sports and you know the athletes that captivate you know the TV, the ratings. They would none of them would be there for like three, four months. You know. Well, just imagine even here in Cincinnati, how much that would change. Being ten yeah. minutes from downtown, the life that happens down there, and all the you know the boost in economy that happens around right. here, even outside the ballpark, it's mm-hmm. surrounded yeah. by the Cincinnati Reds. It is. It's Honestly. certainly a Reds town, that's for sure. And yeah, and Cincinnati's a baseball town. You know, mm-hmm. this is a the town rich of history, the Cincinnati Reds. They have world championships. They have the Hall of Famers, the foreign-born players. This is baseball. Cincinnati lives and breathes baseball. And if they don't have it for a season, even one season, you know, just quality of life is just not better in Cincinnati. It's better when the Reds are playing and when the Reds are doing good. And even if they're not doing good, it's still better than, you know, a strike. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. absolutely. Honestly, in my opinion, I, this may not be the most popular opinion, but I think baseball players are kind of spoiled in the sense that their money is guaranteed money. So I don't really understand what exactly – What's what's wrong with that collective bargaining agreement on their end? Like, a, it's guaranteed money. You're getting paid more than any athlete in professional sports, more than football, basketball, hockey, yeah. all of them. Yeah, I think soccer is the only one that competes with them, if I'm not the, mistaken. I, I think those think guys so. who make the big bucks are really only the guys who play overseas. I mm-hmm. think, right. I think not here, here. In the, yeah, yeah, here yeah. in the States. Yeah, here, soccer players don't make anything compared yeah. to people in uh, Spain and England, you know, in the La Liga and the English Premier League. And even that, it's like the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got, you know, just good baseball players getting $75, $80 million. Over there, it's Ronaldo, you know, it's Lionel Messi, you know, it's those right, guys right. making the big bucks. And other people making good money, but not even close to what, you know, what the top what, players what, make. I mean, baseball is, like I said, it's guaranteed money and the highest paid salary, so I don't understand what exactly they are, what what they have to complain about in right. this situation. I also would put basketball in there, because in basketball, there's a lot of money. They came out with the Supermax contracts, you know, the Steph yeah. Curry signed. It was uh, six years, $205 million, you know, and and in the NBA, you have role players. You have six men signing for $70 million. You know, Otto Porter Jr. from the Wizards signed for, I think, $60 million, and he was, like, the fifth best player on his own team, you know, so I think the NBA is getting there, too. It's getting there, yeah. With the hundreds of million dollars that, you know, that they're passing out. And this uh, this summer we're gonna see a lot of it, you know, with Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all of them being in free agency. We're gonna we're gonna see some more super maxes, you know, coming soon in the future. 
So now we are going to move on. We are going to talk a little bit of football now. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the new football league that has come out, the AAF. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a little bit more of a a little bit more of a backyard football style to them. You know, we all know the big hit that we saw week one with the quarterback oh, yeah. getting annihilated. Yes. <laughs> you know, we in just a couple of days ago we saw a quarterback throw it behind his head. So Zach Mettenberger of all people. And they, and they, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and That's they actually and they actually have you know former professional players, former Division One athletes, as uh, Carson mentioned, Zach Mettenberger, former quarterback at LSU. Right now, the wide receiver Jalen Marshall from Ohio State is shining. He has, I think, he has three, four touchdowns. He's dominating. Trent Richardson. Yeah. Trent Richardson. Yeah. Birmingham, baby. <laughs> top five pick in the uh, NFL draft. You have Garrett Gilbert, former Texas quarterback. You have a lot of these, you know, recognizable names. And, you know, apparently it's doing pretty well. I like know. it. I, I really do. <laughs> and, you know, they started after the Super Bowl, so they're not competing with the NFL. They're not right. trying to compete with the NFL because they know they can't. So, you know, it's, you know, it's more football for the fans. You know, I don't know why you have to bash it. You don't have to like the league, but it's more football for you, mm-hmm. you know? They play by NFL rules. They're a little bit more backyard style. That's what we all complain about, right? Oh, football's soft. The NFL's gone soft. They don't do this. They don't do that. You know, but I'd say might as well enjoy it. I, I, I was going to say, you can actually breathe on the quarterback. I mean, that's the thing I like about it. And, you know, people are bashing to Keep in mind, it, it outrated the NBA its first weekend, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, it's midseason in the NBA. It's sort of a, a slow period for the NBA. It always has. Yeah, been. right before All-Star break. Right. Yeah. But still, you got to keep that in mind. It's something, I think, something to be contended with right now. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of interesting things that are coming. You know, we talked to MLB strikes. Um, look at the NFL. You know, there's going to be some major issues with this upcoming collective bargaining agreement, and I think that's due up in 2020. 2020 I want to say. Twenty, yeah. And uh, this this league, as well as uh, you know, I don't want to say it out loud, but the XFL. Yeah, they're also you know, trying to make. Oh, yeah, boy. the XFL is also making. There's going to be that, three separate leagues in football. It might cause problems for the NFL because there might be players who say, you know what, while we're under this uh, lockout. I'm going to go hone in my skills, and I'm going to go get paid, and I'm going to keep playing, and I'm going to play in one of these alternative leagues. And who knows? Maybe the NFL comes back from the collective bargaining agreement, and what they come away with is less good than it is now, and I think we can all agree that what it is now is not what we want. I'm going to go on record here, just my personal opinion. I'm going to go on record and say the the XFL is going to get crushed by the AAF. I believe. I think you're probably right. I yeah, think that there's I've some never, legitimacy yeah. to the AAF that the yeah. XFL won't have. Because I know yeah. Vince McMahon is the big, you know, the guy behind uh, the XFL, and I think they'll they'll have their little bit of, you know, the, their 15 minutes of fame, like yeah, right when they that. right when they come back, just people, like the first time around. Yeah, people will be enamored with the way they play football, but after I would say a month or two, or maybe maybe a full season, if that, maybe that. Oh, it may not gonna, last a full season. Yeah, people are people are gonna be like, okay, we realize why they ran out of business in the first place, you know. The NFL is not going to have any competition, and we've seen that. You know, even with all the you know the complaints of missed calls and referees and all that, like the ratings are still jumping for the NFL. They're making more money each and every year, and you know that just goes to show in America how much we love football. Mm-hmm. You know, NBA, the all the best players in the world are playing, and the AAF is outrating the NBA on right. a given night. You know, that that just goes to show how much football means in this country. Mm-hmm. So. It's definitely, I look forward to seeing that and, you know, maybe watching some more AAF games. We'll see, you know, down the road. I don't know if there's going to be ever any comparison that we can do with this, but I'd almost love to see how the AAF competes with college football. If there's any, because the AAF is going to be on Saturdays. Of course, they're going to be a different season, so it's not going to be like something that's actually going to be 
Yeah, because I don't think they're going to be playing at the same time. I think the mm-hmm. AAF is going to be done before. But it would almost be interesting to at least look at the numbers and just see how they, just see how they differ. Oh, you're talking about the best ratings from the, the best AAF ratings from the AAF the versus the best ratings, from, best ratings from, college. from college. I think football. college smokes Way, it. Way, yeah, I think yeah so too. the college. best college football games would it would annihilate yeah. anything that the AAF. I agree because I think the college football, at least for me personally, almost trumps the NFL. Oh yeah, I yeah, would college football watch. ratings. Yeah, college football ratings are right there. You know. Surpass, well, I wouldn't say surpass, but they're right there. They're comparable to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, with, with spectacular teams and the primetime games that college football has to offer, you know, the love of college football in this country is incredible. So and I don't they think anything's right ever going to compete with that. No, the NFL is 1A and college football is 1B. And then 1C is levels, like levels upon levels upon levels below those two. Right. Yeah. You know, and I expect it to stay that way. I don't, I don't think there will be much of a change. We could see the AAF become, uh, you know, Quasi development league, I think. You know, I was I just about to mention see that. Yeah, no I was about to mention that. Free agent, undrafted free agents sign with the NFL teams anymore. I don't think you'll see that. I think they'll sign with the AAF. And no, then and they'll the get more other, playing time. They'll yeah. get more playing time, and then they can get picked up by an NFL team if they want to choose and bet on themselves. And that's a common theme we've talked about a lot of times: players betting on themselves. Betting on themselves, yeah. And uh, I think that signing with an AAF out of college, if you're undrafted. Is a move that bets on yourself, and uh, you have the opportunity to prove yourself. Absolutely. I mean, why would you go to a, more than likely? You're going to the practice squad, or you know, you're going to be buried third or fourth in the depth chart. Why would you do that instead of maybe being a starter? More than likely, being a starter at the AAF, you know, developing, dominating the league, and then you know, getting an NFL NFL contract. I just mentioned, you know, guys like you know Jalen Marshall from Ohio State right now. D1, he won a national championship. He's dominating right now in the AAF. If he continues to do this, who's to say? You know, an NFL team's not going to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like this is like like you said, it's a developmental league, and and there's good coaches. There's guys like Steve Spurrier. You That's know, right. you know, big national championship coaches at high levels that are coaching in this league. We don't have a, just a bunch of bums, you know, playing football and a bunch of bum coaches. These are respected and you know Hall of Fame type of coaches and players. This well, is well, not Johnny Manziel's spring league. This <laughs> is very different. I'm honestly one of the things I'm most looking forward to seeing is. How many of our, our, you know, future NFL stars are going to come out of this? Like, I think it's almost going to, almost going to eventually be like a, you know how the base how baseball has AAA. I think it's almost going to become the NFL's AAA. So is it fair to call the AAF the JUCO of the NFL then? Is yeah, that almost, is that the yeah. comparable to yeah. it? Then? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I actually yeah. do because you have some really good players coming out of JUCO, and you have JUCO players that make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a lot of players in the AAF play in the NFL. Obviously, are they going to be great? That's to be determined. But I think a lot of these, like JUCO, like as I kind of mentioned, AAA, these like this developmental system, this developmental league. You know, because obviously the end goal for all these players is the NFL. We all know that right. they want to play right. in the NFL. Right. So, you know, if you showcase your skills like JUCO for college, you know, if you didn't get a chance in your first one, you go to JUCO, you try to get it together, you know, and go to a big-name school or, you know, go to the AAF. You know, that's that's old ultimate goal. You think we're going to see any NFL players who started off in the NFL, went to the AAF, and then go back in? To the NFL? Oh, yeah. I think there's going to be stories. There's going to be ones that start in the AAF, like bench warmers in the AAF going to stars in the NFL, stars in the NFL being bench warmers on the AAF. I mean, this this stuff happens in all sports. I can see it there, now. There's too many stories. Trent Richardson, perennial pro bowl. <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah, Trent Richardson, man. It's crazy. You know, like These are good players. At once, considered the best at their position at the mm-hmm. highest level. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, just trying to make it back to the NFL. You know, so now I do want to transition, and I do want to give uh, talk a little bit about NBA All Star Weekend. 
because obviously NBA All-Star Weekend was just this past weekend. Um, we can talk about the uh, dunk contest that we know Hamadou Diallo won from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He did the uh, honey dip uh, while he jumped over Shaquille O'Neal and did the Superman pose. So he kind of had three different things going on at one time, jumping over honey dip and that. Um, and now there are rumbles that Giannis Antetokounmpo wants to participate in the dunk contest next year. The, they're trying to get Zion Williamson because we know he's going to be in the NBA next oh, year. Yeah. Giannis, and they want Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine to come back and you know make a historical you know dunk contest. I think that would be pretty awesome to see <laughs> because the dunk contest between Levine and Gordon was historical. Yeah. That was a really good one. So, I mean, if, what do you guys think about that? Nothing better than Vince Carter, what was it, 98? Uh, 2000. 2000. Yeah. Nothing better than Vince Carter, 2000, in those sick Raptors jerseys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> best throwback jerseys <laughs> of all time. No two ways about it. Yeah. 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 Vince Carter, yeah. His, his, when, when you talk about dunkers, you don't, you don't make a list number one or 1A without Vince Carter. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of the three-point contest, I think Joe Harris won. Steph Curry caught fire. Um, neither of the Curry brothers won it. Um, Joe Harris, you know, caught fire at the end. He got hot at the right time. Curry kind of peaked early in the three-point contest, but Joe Harris uh, finished it out. And then at the end, obviously, we had Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Team Giannis, honestly, was dominating almost the whole game, up by more than 20 at one point. And then Team LeBron, with all those superstars, they came back and <laughs> laid the beating on Team Giannis. At Steph Curry-Giannis dunk, though. Oh, yeah. The Out big, of this world. Yeah, the big the play TV of screen. that game was Steph Curry bouncing the ball over the screen, as Carson alluded to, and then Giannis coming back with one hand and tomahawking it in. I mean, that was incredible. What was more impressive, the pass, the dunk, the timing of Giannis's dunk, or what? What was the most impressive? Because that was an impressive play. Honestly, the pass. To time that up just as easily as he made it look, slamming the ball and getting it, a good 15 feet up. While he was in motion, up. too. You know, this wasn't like he got the ball, he waited a few seconds and was able to, you know, time his pass. Mm -hmm. He was in transition. He was running off balance and with his right hand just bounced it. And that's a great point guard for you. You know, that, and, yeah. and, it was, and it was right on the money, too. Giannis didn't have to, you know, cock his arm all the way back to go mm -hmm. get the ball. You know, he didn't have to wind his arms in either way. It was right there in his hands to bring it down. It was incredible. I think that uh, we see this kind of thing with Steph Curry a lot, actually. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, you know, his videos of him just doing random stuff in warm-up. He'll take a ball and he'll flip it behind his back, you know, just complete rainbow, straight up in the air. He'll get another ball and he'll shoot it. And by then you've already forgotten about the first ball he threw. Swish. Yeah. That second shot. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, cool, Steph Curry made a shot. Shocker. Wait, here comes that original ball, comes back in, and then it goes in after the second shot. And you say... Wow, this guy's something special. And while he's not doing that stuff in games, obviously, he's doing it in front of fans, and it's on TV and stuff, you know, in warm-ups. And it's, it's just impressive, just the not necessarily ability as far as basketball goes, because that's not really basketball to me. That's just skill with a basketball. But that in its own right is just unfathomable. Yeah, absolutely. Do. And it's always awesome to see NBA All-Star Weekend. We know they're not fully giving effort on defense, and we know all that stuff. But, right. you know, when all the best players on the planet get together on one stage and they're just putting on this, these shows, you know, shooting, you know, dunking, dribbling, you know, passing, you know, it's just, I think it's awesome to see. You know, yeah. when you when you see the best in the world do, you know, do what they do best and all of them together, you know, I think it's fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's if nothing else, very entertaining. Absolutely. And in the Dude. terms of the second half of the season, all oh, Carson, you want to say something? 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say, did y'all see the love connection between KD and Kyrie, though? Yeah. How could, much they yeah. bonded that over this that, All-Star that, weekend? That could be foreshadowing, oh, you know, man. NBA free agency. There's rumors that Kyrie and KD want to play together. They may go to New York together. And as Carson was alluding to, I saw those. They're dapping each other up. They're smiling at each other. You know, they're giving, they're winking at each other, you know. So, obviously, they're both uh, free agents this summer, so I think it's that's If they big. go to New York, you get Zion, you got a big three that – is tough to contend with. And all of a sudden, New York is back. Yeah. You know, we all know it's the biggest market in sports, it, the, the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. You know, all of a sudden, if you make a team that's interesting, they're going to take over the headlines. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are all we're going to be talking about is the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks. We talk about the Knicks and they're a dumpster <laughs> fire right now, and everybody still wants to talk about the yep. New York Knicks. And if they get, you know, two of the ten best players in the league and the, the biggest hype prospects since LeBron James, you know, it's nonstop, nonstop mm-hmm. news for New York. I just, got, I just saw something the other day. Uh, there was a poll, speak, you know, on the NBA. Is LeBron regretting his decision to join the Lakers oh, yet? LeBron and the Lakers. I'm going to say no. Not at this point? Not at this point because I think everybody knew it wasn't a championship year this year. I don't think anybody was, you know, considering them a championship yeah. contender. But also with the whole Anthony Davis saga. Say, because. He, he was close with his through. teammates, yeah. And then Anthony Davis, the whole saga with him. So maybe LeBron's relationship is a little sour now mm-hmm. with the Rondos and Kuzmas of the world. Mm-hmm. So Because if he doesn't land Anthony Davis, who is going to come play with LeBron? Yeah, I was going to say. Because when he signed, everyone said, okay, well, this might not be the year, but next year because if it's not Anthony Davis, it's Kawhi Leonard. Well, now it sounds like Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to play for the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. If he comes back to L.A., it looks like it's going to be the Clippers. I right. don't think Kawhi... Obviously, it's hard to tell with him. He doesn't say anything, but it doesn't seem like he's in really that interested in playing with LeBron. You know, and if Anthony Davis doesn't come, because he still has a year, and if he doesn't get traded, you know, Clay Thompson gets his max from the Warriors. He stays there. Kevin Durant, Kyrie go to New York. LeBron's left with nothing, you know? Right. So, and, then, and that's not good enough. That team, constructed as it is, is not good enough to win a championship. I mean, who do the Lakers go after now? What do they do? Now that the Davis thing fell through, they go for and the if Kawhi ball boys. doesn't, <laughs> they go oh, for the, boy. they go for uh, who's it, Leangelo, oh, the middle yep. boy, and Lamelo, and Lamelo. Yeah, hey, you know. their father spoke Lonzo into existence to be an LA Laker. <laughs> he could speak the other two sons into existence. And you know, it's it's really crazy because I think the Pelicans should have took the offer. They the Lakers offered oh. all of their assets and two first round draft picks. You know, and I and I get it. You're not going to get fair value with Anthony Davis because he's a generation upon generation in talent. So maybe you're not going to get exactly fair value, but you have to take the best offer you can get. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if the Celtics this offseason can offer Jason Tatum and their draft picks, I think that might be a little bit better with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. and their the, uh, protected lottery picks that they have. Maybe so. But other than that, I mean, it's a great trade. You get multiple first-round draft you, you would have four first-round draft picks, you know, with the Lakers and then with you. And then you would get four young players who are developing into, you know, solid players. Yeah. Right. So the Anthony Davis saga, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, with the trade deadline now being gone, it's going to be in the offseason that he's going to get moved. Because I don't think he's going to – he's not going to play into next year with New Orleans. He's going to – he's like, I'm not going to play with you guys anymore. No. You know? And I don't see him going to the Lakers now. I really don't. And then that's that's – that's, I think that ship has sailed. And if and if he doesn't go to the Lakers, LeBron is stuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, LeBron is stuck unless Kyle Kuzma becomes a superstar. No, I don't see it happening. Brandon Ingram, I don't see it happening. Lonzo, I don't see it happening. LeBron is just going to be stuck for the rest of his three years, maybe going to the second round of the playoffs, maybe 
maybe pushing his team to the conference championship. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The NBA is the Access Hollywood of sports. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. great. It <laughs> is. It is the most entertaining in a lot of ways with all the players changing teams and and all the money going in and out and the superstars changing teams especially that it has really created almost a drama um around the league um, outside of the games itself you know the roster construction this and that and ultimately if lebron's not too happy in la he won't be in la for too long i mean let's let's face it if lebron wants out he's gonna get out mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of things that will have to go right you know with cap stuff and all and all that, and him signing this four-year extension, whereas prior to this he was only signing the one-year max deals. Um, so there, there's certainly going to be a little more headaches with him if he does want to get out, as would have been prior. But uh, I would not be shocked if things don't work out. LeBron just finds his way on out because he gets what he wants. I don't, I don't, I don't see how he can get out of that. I think, I think if he does one out, I think that could possibly end up in court somewhere. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, I don't. He's gonna have to stick it out. Yeah, because that's at least for the three for. years, and especially with LeBron, he also made a decision. You know, his Hollywood decision. You know, he has the shop. That's he, true. He has yeah, all of his Hollywood. He's producing movies. His you know, son. he's making movies. You know, LeBron James Jr. Mm-hmm. After because after his four year contract, LeBron James Jr. If the rule goes through, he'll be ready to play in the NBA. If you can, because I think they're working on a deal to let high school players go straight to the NBA. Right. Now. And by the time his son comes out he'll be ready to go to the NBA. So it's also going to see, you know, wherever uh, his son goes, gets drafted, maybe LeBron goes and plays there. I think that's realistic. Can I sort of ask you guys one quick question? What do you think of the whole high school players going right to the draft in the NBA? Not a fan at all. You are not a fan of it. You're not a fan of it. I think it's ridiculous. Um, Now I do understand those guys can play. And basketball is a lot different than a sport like football or baseball or anything like that. But I think it's ridiculous. Go to college for a year, understand the game, see what you can learn for it, um, from it. Even LeBron said he wished he could go back and go to the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. I mean, go the magnitude. Buckeyes, right? Leo, go Buckeyes. Yeah. Yeah. Go Buckeyes. All right. <laughs> All right. The fact that LeBron says that shows you something. Stay I'm actually going to go a little more um, drastic on it than you. I think the rule ought to be like college. Three years out of high school. In college before football. You, college in college football, football, football three yeah. Three years, yeah. Three years and before you get, before you can, you know, be eligible for the draft, personally. So you guys don't think a Zion Williamson, you know, who's probably, he's, he's NBA ready right now, you don't think he should be able to go to the NBA coming out of high school? No, I don't. Yeah, I think, I'm, I'm uh, with you, Kyle. I, I disagree with you guys. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I, I disagree. I, I, I think, think the players should be allowed, allowed to go and... And I see your points, and believe it or not, I agree with your points yeah. about why they, they should have to go for a year. What I would say to that is they should be allowed to go to the NBA right after high school, but maybe the smart thing is to go to college for one or two or maybe even three years. Maybe that's a smart thing to do, but they shouldn't be required to do that in my opinion. Yeah, mm. because, you know, because the main thing is you know money, because you don't know these players' situations. You know mm-hmm. They may need the money, you know things like that. And also, like, there's obviously majority of the players need it. But, you know, guys like LeBron, guys like Carmelo, Kobe when he came out, and now Zion Williamson, they really probably didn't need college. You know, Zion Williamson, I think he could go to the NBA right now or coming out of high school, and I think he would have been a formidable player. I just think, personally, I mean, college, for me, you need to have almost something to fall back on. Or if nothing else, you need to take the classes that, you know, help, that give you the skills to know what to do with your money. So you don't spend it all, and you end up broke five years after you <laughs> after you leave. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Kyle, but we got to be real here. We know a lot of these big-name alleys, they don't even go to class. You know, we know. Well, that's a good point. That's a that's a big thing, you know. A lot of these uh, students, they have their homework done for them. They're, they're not really they're doing paying, their work. The university's paying somebody to do it To do their homework, them. to yeah. go to class and, for them, yeah. you know. And it's unfortunate. I agree with you. Like, you, what you're saying is absolutely right, but mm-hmm. we got to look at the... In North Carolina ran into that issue, I think it was three, maybe four years ago, where they actually had one of their basketball players complain to the dean of students that he didn't get to learn anything because somebody else was taking his classes for him and doing the homework for him. Because all they were worried about, you know, is you you got to be that basketball. You're here for basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not here for your education. You know, there's a lot of coaches that still do that. I mean, people like, you know, Cardell Jones at Ohio State, yeah. I think he said something like, yeah. I'm, I'm not here to play school, I'm here to play football. <laughs> I'm here to play football. <laughs> something like you that. Know, absolutely. Which is a little ridiculous because, I mean, you're on scholarship. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's back in classes now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the CFL wants him. I mean, <laughs> no. Yeah, Card- Cardell Jones, yeah. No. He, and it, his, like, his... His uh, way of thinking changed, obviously, after Ohio State won that <laughs> championship. He's like, I'm going to come back to school. I want to get my degree and all that, you know. But And as, as we like, he's probably back. No no football team wants Cardinal Jones now. So, But, you right. know, I, I like you guys think that the school, let's say LeBron, obviously he would have went to Ohio State. That's, he, he made that clear. Mm-hmm. Since LeBron went straight to the NBA, should Ohio State reserve a academic scholarship for him post-basketball? No. Or, or should they not? No, not since he didn't go. Like, okay, let me say, let me put it this way: if if a player say starts there, and goes to the draft, and then expresses desire to finish their education, meaning like a one and done, trying to meaning come back. like a one and done, and he wants to come back to finish his education. First, there ought to be an interview process to see if he's actually serious about wanting to come back to finish his education. They're not going to pay for somebody to come back and screw around, but. Uh, if he if he goes if he comes in there and he he's serious about um, coming back to finish his education, sure they can uh, do an academic scholarship for him. But at that point, why does he need an academic scholarship? He's got the money he can pay for yeah, it true. himself. Absolutely. And Cam Newton did that. He went back to Auburn. I want to say for a year and a half, and went back and finished getting his degree. So. Larry Fitzgerald did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome to see, you know, uh, players taking things seriously, you know, getting your degree. Because you never know, in a snap of a finger, your football career right. can be over. Your athletic career can be over. You know, we don't wish that upon anybody. That's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But with a snap of a finger, with one bad play, one bad movement, it all could end. But, you know, your education will always be there. And you know, But like LeBron. Your intelligence will always be there. LeBron, he never expressed any desire to go to college, never attended college, mm-hmm. never signed to play with a college. Yeah, it was clear LeBron was going to the NBA. Everybody right. knew LeBron was going so, to the NBA. So, you know, he has no affiliation with any college in that respect. So at that point, no, I don't think they have any any reason to give him any sort of academic scholarship. And LeBron's the, what, one of the highest paid athletes in the world? Of course they're not going to give him an well, academic scholarship. Yeah, but LeBron scholarship. specifically, he wouldn't, need the, he wouldn't need the scholarship. He, yeah. could, he could pay the whole tuition out of his pocket. If they give him a scholarship and they don't give somebody who's actually serious about their academics a scholarship, that'd be a sad, sad day. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at O.J. Mayo. You guys familiar with the name O.J. Uh, Mayo? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh, the Ohio's own, Cincinnati's yeah. own, absolutely. He went to uh, high school about three blocks away from where I grew up, and and uh, he transferred, and then the year after transferred, he was drafted. They even the called NBA. him the next Kobe Bryant at one point. That's mm-hmm. right, that's right, that. right out of high school. And, and for him, it was a litany of things uh, that, that led to his NBA demise. He, I think he's eligible to return this year. I don't know if he has or not. Um, but, I, I mean, he's a perfect example. I don't know if he... Uh, went back to education or not. I know he was playing overseas uh, for a few years, but 
he never made it in the NBA despite all of his talents, but he also never even started a college degree, never set foot on a campus. And uh, it's, it's sad. It, it is sad. You know, you want to see these guys succeed even if it's not with basketball, and he's an example of where it did not. But then again, as you talked about, you've got the examples like LeBron. He got, he got a year of endowment. You know, he got that extra year of cash before uh, any other, anybody else could. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we also have to realize that all we these are athletes. They're also human beings. That's you know, right. we got to realize that athletes, no matter what level you're on, we got to look at them as human beings. They're not robots. You know, these are these are real people with feelings, and you know, in professional or any place with families, you know, with kids or you know, et cetera, et cetera. These are human beings, so we have to treat them as human beings and not robots. You know, like the media likes to portray, like if you know if somebody you know does something wrong, they're you know vilified for the rest of their life. You know, we're, these are human beings. You know getting their education, you know, seeking out intelligence, you know, living their life, it's not a bad thing, you know, yeah. if that's what they seek out. Average people, just like the rest of us. I say, they have brains like we do. Then there's the, what's the funny saying, they, you put your pants on the same way I put my pants on, exactly. you, you go right and left or something, yeah. something like that. So it, it's a little corny, but, you know, it's true. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's true. We're, we're all human beings. So, so. I don't know, man. I think, I, that, think that that might, I think that wraps it up for us. You know, uh, starting you know, next week, we'll get more into, you know, spring training. We'll get more into college basketball with uh, March Madness coming up as mm-hmm. we get near that. Um, we'll talk about more breaking news. But I think for today, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah. Right. Guys, anything else to add? Not for me. You, Carson? No, yeah. I'm all good. All right, so obviously I'm Safon Alvi, Leo Saylor. Again, we want to thank you guys, Carson and Kyle, for coming on. You guys are more than welcome. Anytime you guys want to be on the podcast, you guys are more than welcome. So, obviously, that's going to be it for us, guys. We're signing off. Safon Alvey, uh, Leo Saylor, Carson Kyle. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.